what's good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. It's me, Paul J. Long, your host, motivational speaker, and all-around jackhole, coming to you solo today. So if you're looking for a little kick to the pants, a little uh, burst of inspiration, motivation, it's going to be short. All of our solo casts are relatively short. Hit you in that sweet spot right between 10 and 20 minutes because that's all you need. Sometimes you're just looking to get your day started off right or maybe close your day off with a bang. And so this hopefully will fulfill that need. I want to say thank you first and foremost to all of you. We mentioned last podcast in our episode with Ashley Judy that we did crack the top 200 in self-help podcasts. And that, of course, is all because of you, ladies and gentlemen. So I greatly appreciate your support. As you're listening to this, if you could find it in your heart to give us a uh, rating on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to, and go check us out on YouTube. The Paul J. Long YouTube channel is out there. Don't get a ton of views for one reason or the other. Mainly, it's because I'm terrible at marketing. (laughs) But nevertheless, it is out there if you enjoy watching an ugly person talk inspiration. Shout out to Charlie Hustle. Uh, Really appreciate you guys being with us from the jump. Charlie Hustle is, of course, doing big things here in the Kansas City community. But you don't have to reside in Kansas City to look cool and don their amazing gear. Go to charliehustle.com to learn more. So who's the most interesting person that you've met in the last two weeks? Who's the most interesting person that you've ever met? Who do you surround yourself with and what are their stories? Do you know them? You know, I find that there is so much amazingness all around us if you're present, deliberate, and you're uh, asking the questions to get to the root and heart of, of who people actually are. Dale Carnegie once said that you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. Hmm. So how do the conversations look when you're around people, not only that you're just meeting, but individuals that are in your life every single day? Could you imagine the stories of each individual that you surround yourself with or that you interact with on a regular basis? Stories that you know nothing about because you've never asked the questions. You know, everybody's got their own path. Everybody's got their own journey. And I find that if you take time out of your day and set aside your ego for just a brief moment and make time, make it a priority to learn about other people, then you will be fascinated and quite honestly, quite surprised by some of the things that you learn about the people in your inner circle. Now, not news to many of you that I travel all the time. Last week, I I traveled traveled uh, East Coast to Central to West Coast. And man, I, I got to tell you, it was an amazing experience. Before I flew out on Sunday, I started my week off by attending the Noah's Bandage Project 5K, a 5K in which we had over 1,400 people sign up and attend. And we were able to to dedicate or, or uh or grant, if you will, $300,000 to Children's Mercy Hospital for pediatric cancer research, all because individuals like you have supported 
NBP, myself, and the legacy of Noah Wilson. So thank you for that. I got the opportunity to MC that gig. And of course, as always, our guy and uh, main advocate, if you will, Mr. Danny Duffy, starting pitcher of the Kansas City Royals, was in attendance. And as he always does, he was uh, meet, meeting and greeting all these individuals, our, our cancer warriors. And oftentimes he set aside time for other folks as well, not just individuals battling cancer, but other individuals that are just excited to be a part of something bigger than ourselves and, and see a quote unquote celebrity out and about. So as I see Danny taking all of these photos and I'm kind of, you know, managing the crowd and and giving out gift bags and introducing Danny to others uh, as they're waiting in line for their turn, just making small talk. I, I see this lady out of the corner of my eye and she's just waiting and waiting and waiting and she's trying to get in, but she's not trying to be rude. And finally, you know, Danny has to head out. So he makes his way towards his car and this lady finally works up the courage to come up to me and she says, hey, can I get a picture with you? And I said, me? Sure, I guess. And she said, oh, I, you know, I, I don't look my best. I got, I got up super early, so probably not the best way to take a picture of myself today. I said, oh, I hear you. I've been up since 3.30. She said, oh, and you played last night. I said, oh, not me. And as I walked away, it dawned on me that she thought I was a baseball player. So hold that thought for just a brief moment. So I'm traveling. I fly out Sunday night, and I head to Fargo, North Dakota. I get the opportunity to watch Game of Thrones and the Battle of Winterfell. And uh, shout out to Arya, who is uh, one of the greatest characters of any show ever and absolutely amazing. I wish I had the ounce or one ounce of courage that Arya shows. Of course, it is a television show, but... It's amazing, nevertheless. Hey, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, what the heck are you waiting for? Go find episode one, season one, and do the damn thing, because it's amazing. So flying on an airplane, get done, watch my show, have an amazing event with the North Dakota Bankers Association, fly out to Binghamton, New York, do another awesome gig uh, with Layler Family Dental, where I got to meet some amazing people. I get up uh, again at 5.30 a.m. to fly out to Seattle, Washington to wrap up my third and final gig of the week. And I sit next to this gentleman. This gentleman is probably in his 70s. And I typically don't talk to a lot of people on the airplane because I like to chill and put my earbuds in and sometimes sleep because I often get up way too early and I got to catch up on some Zs because uh, looking this good is, is uh, pretty hard to do. Um, that's sarcasm. If you're listening, uh, recall that I called myself ugly earlier. But this gentleman sitting right next to me says all of a sudden, hey, are you a, are you a professional ball player? <laughs> I don't know what it is, the vibe that I'm giving off, but uh, I respond to him, uh, no, sir. I'm just a diehard Kansas City Royals fan. So I asked him, I said, are you, are you out of here out of Binghamton, are you going to work? Are you going someplace for fun? What's the deal? He says, I'm, I'm going to work. Uh, I'm going out to Paris. And then ultimately, I'm ending up in Africa. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. 
So you, f- you fly a lot for work then. You travel quite a bit. He says, oh man, I'm out all the time. It, it affords me a lot of special perks. You know, I, I get upgraded and they treat me like royalty and it's pretty amazing because I'm, I'm just a guy. And uh, sometimes when I'm traveling, I feel like, feel like I'm the king of the world, but I'm ready to retire. I said, what do you do? He says, oh, I fly helicopters. And all of a sudden I'm just, I'm infatuated. Like I, this man is, he's in his seventies and he's going to Africa after he takes a, a short little vacay in Paris. And I look at him and he doesn't look like he flies helicopters. And so I just, I'm filled with a million questions. And I say, oh, what kind of helicopters are you, helicopters are you flying? Are you, you know, former military? Are you a contract of labor? He said, oh, I do all of that. He said, I'm actually a, uh, I'm actually a Vietnam War vet. That's how old I am. I say, oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you very much for your service. I appreciate it. So now, of course, the questions just continue to swirl around in my head. Because the Vietnam War obviously was one that that really destroyed a ton of lives. And he even made mention of the fact, he said, you know, not necessarily a clear-cut winner or loser on that one, but uh, we did what we had to do. I often feel uncomfortable asking servicemen or women any questions about whether they were in battle or what that looked like to them. But for one reason or the other, this gentleman gave off a vibe that, that he was okay and he was cool talking about things. So I said, oh, well, did you ever see battle? I mean, were you ever in the thick of it? And he said, yeah, actually, I'm a, I got a purple heart. I said, oh, my goodness. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much. He says, oh, well, it's not easy. Or rather, it is easy, he said. It's, it's really easy to do, Paul, after we exchange names. So what do you mean? He says, all you got to do is get shot. Get shot and survive, and you got yourself a purple heart. I said, yeah, I guess you're right, but I admire the fact that you did it nevertheless, and I think there's a lot more that goes into it. So we start talking about how he flies these, these gunships, these helicopters, not just in, in war, but, but now as a contracted laborer, he, he actually goes out and still flies missions. And the things that he told me about rescuing individuals and having to bury others and, and some of the things that he's seen and been through was absolutely crazy. It was like I was watching a real-life documentary before my eyes. And I thought to myself in that moment, how many folks enjoy documentaries? I know of so many individuals in my life that are constantly asking, hey, did you see that new documentary on Netflix? It's really great. You should check it out. And so I'm listening to this gentleman's story. His name was George, and I couldn't help but think to myself, this is a documentary. Documentaries can be all around us if you ask the right questions and you show a genuine interest in others. For one reason or the other, we start talking about how his wife feels about him traveling all the time. And he says, oh, she knew, she knew what she was signing up for. I said, well, how long have you been together? He said, oh, I was you know, in my mid to late 20s when we met, and I'll never forget that day. He said, Paul, she's an absolute babe. Got his phone out, proudly showed me some pictures. 
to this day. He's like, look how gorgeous she is to this day. She's beautiful. She's a babe, he says. So he said, I'll never forget the day that we met. She said her father owned a convenience store out in this rural area. And every time you walked in the door, there was a little bell that notified the store owner that somebody was walking in the door. And so he said, I pushed that door and the bell went off and I hear this big crash. And what it was, it was this beautiful, beautiful young lady who was sitting back in her chair and the bell had startled her so much, startled her so much that it knocked her right out of her chair. So he said, Paul, I walked, I walked over there. I looked down at her and I smiled and I said, well, darling, it looks like I knocked you off your feet. And she looked at me and smiled and says, yeah, smart ass, now help me up. He said, I stalked that girl for no less than two months. And ultimately we wound up together. He still has the same admiration for her to this day that he always had. He went on to tell me that they have two kids both adopted. He said that he never wanted kids, but his wife always did. And as such, she made the decision that they were, they were having kids. I said, well, how did, that, how did that even pan out? You didn't. She did. He said, well, when we were having the conversation, we went through the process. I never really thought that it was going to come to fruition. You know, I just, I just thought that I thought that it was going to be a conversation that never happened. And once we got the first, you know, I just fell in love. And ultimately, we decided on a second, whose side note is a biological brother or sister of uh, this particular uh, firstborn baby that they had. Forgive me, I don't know whether the first was a boy or the first was a girl. I think the first was a boy. So the mother, biological mother of these two children decided to to give them both up uh, to this particular family. Now, she had seen some hard times. And George actually told this gal, the biological mother of these two children, that he would only adopt the second if she agreed to get her tubes tied because he wasn't adopting anymore. And she ultimately did, and he paid for it. Now, mind you, I'm sitting on this airplane. This is about an hour and a half long flight. And I took probably two pages of notes after I got done on my experience talking with this gentleman. So we went on and uh, we started talking more about his service. We started talking more about energy and coincidences and luck. And you've all heard me talk about the fact that I don't believe in luck or coincidence. I believe that this world is all about energy. And I've had some amazing things happen to me and continue to have some amazing things happen to me. I mean, case in point, this podcast was never meant to be something that was popular or that people listened to. It was just meant to be a forum where I got to talk about things that give me strength and interview some amazing people and potentially build some credibility and in a realm of many, many, many motivational speakers. And it's because of folks like you supporting me and, and, and dialing in and you know listening and asking me about various topics and suggesting other guests that the energy has just been monumental. And it's carried forth and it's grow or grew every single week. I mean, every single week, the number of listeners and downloads has gone up. And that's energy. So I, I asked George if he believes in energy. He says, Paul, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in coincidence 
energy, luck. I don't know what I believe. But what I do know is is life is interesting. And there's so many things that are going on around us. And I I do think that it matters where you pay your your attention or your focus. But sometimes bad shit happens and sometimes good, good shit happens. He said in the service, I remember this gentleman by the name of Otis Gray. He was from South Carolina. And he had this saying, I'll never forget it. He used to say, sometime life just bees that way. <laughs> Otis Gray. He said it all the time, Paul. Sometime life just bees that way. So he said, I don't know. I don't know what I believe. He said, I know that I'm too ignorant to know that my opinion is 100% right on any subject. He says, that's why I feel like I could talk about politics or religion or whatever it may be, because, because I'm too ignorant to believe that my opinion is right. So I think you can have an open discussion with anybody, learn more about them, their situation, and potentially that energy will bring forth some amazing interactions. Sometime, life just bees that way. So I said, what is the thing that you remember most about the day that you were shot? He said, oh man, I remember that day vividly. He said, we were all in the tent in Africa and everybody was boozing. There was a guitarist playing. It was all hooked up through the microphone speakers and all that jazz. Ha, jazz. And I'll never forget, you know, everybody was really having a good time, acting a fool. And all of a sudden, mortar shells start coming through the tent and bullets start ringing out. Now, again, alcohol was playing a heavy role. So I remember the commanding officer, he was trying to direct us. But of course, you know, his speech was a little slurred. He was a little off because, you know, he was doing the dang thing as well. He said, I got shot in the stomach, but the bullet actually went through the butt of the rifle of a buddy of mine. And had it not, I don't know if I'd be here today. The butt of that rifle saved his life. Sometime, life just bees that way. This gentleman was fascinating to me. When we were talking about energy, he was talking to me about, I don't recall if it was a sister or a niece of his that is in tune with the environment, like a psychic, you know, mind reader, something like that. And she had a conversation with George one day, whether he, whether he believed in what she was doing. And he said to her, he said, you know what? I don't know what I believe. I know that, again, I'm too ignorant to have an opinion so strong to just completely wipe out the notion that something's possible. He said, take for example, take for example the fact that I don't have a strong sense of smell. He said, if you tell me that those tulips over there smell amazing, but I can't smell them, does it mean that they don't smell? Or does it just mean that I don't have that sense, the same sense that you have? So maybe, just maybe, there is is a possibility that one 
can talk to spirits or read minds or read energy or whatever it may be, palms, whatever you're into. I know that I don't have that gift, but I don't believe that my ego is so strong to consider the fact that it doesn't exist. George, George is an individual with an amazing story. And there are over a million Georges out there. How many opportunities do you give yourself to learn about the amazing nature of other people? To learn about the stories that they keep? To learn about the energy that they hold? To read or listen or to hear the documentary that is their life? You know, I've said this before, but oftentimes when you walk away from individuals and you're reflecting back on your interaction with them and you, and you think to yourself, oh my goodness, that person was amazing. I really like that person. Typically, one of the common themes is that that person was creating an environment for you to talk about yourself, talk about the things that you love, talk about the things that you've been through. You could be that person. You could be that individual that people like to be around. You could be that person that individuals look up to because you show a genuine interest in other people and you ask questions that make people think and you ask questions that make people smile and you create environments where people could relive some of their most memorable and fun moments. That's the power that you have. Will you accept it? Will you take the opportunity to learn more about other people? And as a byproduct of that, become more well-rounded yourself. And potentially, even set aside that ego to learn that there are far more amazing people out there than ourselves. If you take the time to learn who they are. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, as always, for tuning in to this episode of the Fundamism Podcast. This is Paul J. Long challenging you to go out there and create a little bit of fun in your life and in the life of others. And one way that you could potentially do that is ask some really deliberate questions. Ask where people have been. Ask what their most memorable moment from a significant period in their life is. Ask, ask who the most significant leader was in their life. Ask if, if indeed they had the most defining moment in their life that got him to this or got them to this place in their life, what would it be? You're going to be surprised to find the answer and you're going to have fun on the journey as a result. Thank you very much as always. Don't forget to rate us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Tune in next week to learn what's good on the next Fundamism podcast. Go get them today. Have some fun, and we out!